are you guys talking about? <laughs> what are you talking? What are you guys he talking about? He can't even about? remember the intro line, guys. What is he talking about? Hi, everybody. How you doing? And welcome to another episode of What Are You Guys Talking We've About? We've been talking for like an hour, <laughs> and and we just decided maybe we exactly should much as the genesis of this podcast came about. And for those of you that don't know, this is a podcast kind of dedicated to filmmakers. We are two amateur filmmakers, and I don't think we've ever really set this out at the beginning. But we are two amateur filmmakers trying to go pro that's basically the best way to do it we spend hours and i mean hours now going over footage our ideas our concepts learning it's it's a blast it's an absolute blast but it is why we have the podcast because we figured that all this discussion that we have about does the shot look good should we do it this way would be something that you all would be interested in as well as independent filmmakers just film aficionados whatever really so that is following along on the that's journey. right so that is why we kind of have this podcast together um and, and why we honestly don't really care how many people listen to it because this is this is <laughs> this is our film school this is our ability to kind right. of dissect what we see and give you measured responses on you know what we think about good direction because you know ed and i are both very committed to we were just talking about this you know coming out with that first feature independent film from the studio that hopefully grosses enough to get us you know the next independent feature film and then you know we're, we're not completely opposed to the majors model the studio model but for now we are very pleased and happy to be kind of working in the indie world and and working on that basis because where we are in our lives that's where it's put us so Absolutely. Just a little mission statement there. And so you can catch us on SoundCloud. You can catch us on Apple uh, Podcasts. You can catch us on Podbean. I love that one, Podbean. Um, and a variety yeah. of other ways, including Spotify. Um, Spotify, Overcast. There we go. Last Perfect. F- Last FM, maybe. Yeah. So if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast because we do come out with one every week. Um, this is going to be a special one this week where we're going to talk a little bit about Dandelions, which is the five-minute short film that I have just completed and sent out to uh, the latest entry. Actually, the latest entry was London? the London International. Was it the London International Short Film Festival? No, London Short Film Festival. There is a London Short Film Festival yeah. and a London International Short Film Festival. And at the tail end of the yeah. show, I will explain to you kind of how you have to navigate all of this but the- there's also an iranian short film festival in oh London. i know dude i know dude i mean we are we are currently <laughs> the one minute version of dandelions has been accepted into the online self-isolation festival now the only thing i know That's about right. this is that it's a russian festival and that it borders it also is part of the russian international horror festival and i've been told that we've been oh, selected cool. nice that's cool yeah that's about all I've been. T- Russian That's horror. all I've been told so far. So please get a hold of me if we make the cut, because I heard there's further cuts going to happen, but I haven't seen any further mm. details. And I'm not mad. I'm just saying this was kind of the ether you run into. Where you're like, sure, I yeah, know tons is, about this, Russian this horror very... films. What? Like, okay, <laughs> but they wanted an isolation film. This was definitely. We're going to talk in depth about the, about how it was made, kind of the background to it. I want to give kind of a behind the scenes to people who are are interested in Dandelions because it's very much a labor of love for me. Um, And I just figured it'd be really cool for people to be able to turn on the podcast and say, oh, wow, man, he's talking about, you know, what he was doing with that. Something that that perfect. Right. So 
But we talked about where you can find us. The other ways to get a hold of us that I should just mention very quickly before we move on. We are on social media. We are on Facebook with Jason Shiro and Edward Burgos. Love Victoria Productions also has a page that we're on Instagram with Jazzy J. Shiro and Nano LVP. On Twitter with uh, Mouth Love Victoria or Ananaski uh, Prod is the other one. Or you can find us on LinkedIn where I have a page and Love Victoria Productions has a page. Those are all the social media outlets. One place I would very much like you to come visit, you know, if you're listening to the podcast is www.lawvictoriaproductions.com. That is our website. It is in the, currently in the process of a refurb. So if you are listening to this podcast, you're probably wondering why there's all these extra buttons on the website. They don't go anywhere. We're in the midst of getting it up. And unfortunately, the, the website software I use doesn't allow me to do it in stages. So I've got to do it all at once or not at all. And because I want to, I want you to still be able to listen to the podcast in the Dirty 20 videos, it stays the way it is. But that is going to get a little bit of a revamp so you can go straight to looking at you know dandelions behind the scenes and talking about that looking at all our dirty 20 videos what's current what are we talking about um there's gonna be some forums added there so you can drop some messages we have forums on facebook as well if you want to join our facebook group for love victoria productions it's an excellent place to discuss with us Uh, really we're open to anything you know i am all more than happy to talk about content of what we write content of what we produce or anything like that and debate it with you like that's not we're not that type of studio that says we won't discuss you know kind of what we're building or what we're doing we are just the opposite. We want you to become part of our community and help us you know, make the best product possible. So anyways, with that all said, let's get kicking off about uh, about dandelions then, Ed. So um, mm-hmm. and I just realized this is going to be a bit weird because I got to get Ed to ask the questions because I have to answer <laughs> them. So right. um, otherwise, I am I am not really needed. <laughs> well, Ed is always needed. We're going to talk about just how helpful Ed was on this one, but because you know I was the director on this, and I would say uh, the, the the final push for the film kind of came from me because I had to. It's just because with isolation the way it is, um, Ed unfortunately isn't able to kind of submit this out to places and things like that. But um, yes, Ed, over to you. Uh, so can you give us maybe just a little kind of brief plot intro just to let listeners know basically what it's about before we get into how you came up with it and, and all of these Yes, elements. so Dandelions is a tale um, about Oberon, really. Um, that, what I'd say, it's really kind of funny because that person doesn't make it, that, that creature doesn't make it an appearance in the film. Um, is voiced over by Ed, but Oberon is king of the fairies. Yes. Yes, he does. Sorry, I just wanted to uh, do my Oberon. It's so good. It's so good. Um, <laughs> so Oberon, King of the Fairies, has you know been in mourning for a very long time. Let's say. I mean, I uh, the way I designed this was you know two thousand years ago, around the time of Christ. You know, people came and took all basically all the fairies away from the forest. Um, and he's really upset about that because the idea is, you know, it didn't happen just at once. It was one of those things that originally humans and fairies were living in the forest together. And then slowly over time, the, you know, the humans just take the forest and move the fairies out. Spread. Right. right so right, right, right. Yeah. because of that, you know, he's going through this phase of mourning for a very long time because, again, you know, the way I pictured him in my head, he's a very ancient being, someone who's been around for mm. eons. So. It's not that, you know, he's defeated. It's more that he's just upset that, you know, for a long time now, the fairies have left the forest and and he's upset. So the idea is the, the, the film starts out with his kind of dear tribe against uh, humans. And it talks about that. He Mm -hmm. has noticed more of them coming into the forest because it's COVID-19. And um, I wanted to play on kind of the fact that we're all home right now. So where I live, this is very much giving you kind of real life within fantasy. So 
know, mm. I live by an immense forest. That's part of the reason a lot of my stories have to do with the woods because it's it's the environment that I'm always creating in. The forests have been busier in the past four months than I think the entirety of the four years I've lived out here. I'm just full of people and not in a bad way. People should be going into the forest. It's beautiful. Look at the shots in this film when you finally when you finally able to see it and you'll see. I mean, it's gorgeous what the forest looks like. But, you know, nobody really took time to go in there aside from, you know, my wife and I are, are big nature people. So we always take our daughter in there. And I think if you have kids, it's a better thing that way. So. Oberon's upset because he's noticing all these humans who have pissed him off for years and years and years for some reason are all of a sudden just coming back in there. But he gets wind that it's because they're dealing with a plague. So this is how I put COVID-19 into the story. Um, And because of that, he has decided to strike while they're weak. And so he thinks Mm. that, you know, the, the world is in enough turmoil right now that if he tries to hatch a plan that he will succeed. And so his plan is, it's its very simple. It's Pied Piper plan. He's going to steal mm. the children from the parents when they come into the forest. And then later, after he amasses enough of those children, they are going to come back and kill their parents and help Oberon take mm. back the areas outside and around the forest. So very Ooh. good, very good storyline there. And Ed, Dan, yeah, no, sorry, no, I was just singing your praises. You know, you added, uh, you added a very menacing tone um, with your wonderful voiceovers that you did for that in the film. So, but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. So, so that's like the backstory because, and that was actually created later, and we'll talk about that. So that's the backstory to where it's going. Mm. So then it goes from that point, kind of showing you the forest and showing what's going on. Then we have what I call dandelions proper, and I'll explain that a little bit longer. Mm. But dandelions proper is a girl named Lily, a beautiful little girl played by my daughter, um, who Mm -hmm. wants to go on a fairy hunt with her father in the forest. Very simple thing. And again, very much based on real life. These are the things that dude carrying the sticks in the forest. That's me. That's what I'm doing on a Sunday Um, because kids want to do this and they're bored. They are bored out of their minds right now because they cannot do many of the things that they were doing before. So the idea is, and there's a little clip in the beginning with me talking to, you know, as the father talking to the wife and saying, you know, she says, is everybody going to be okay? And I said, yeah, what's the worst could happen? It's a fairy hunt. Well, it's because the two, you know, it's the, it's the use of irony. Basically, you don't know, that Oberon is in the forest with this wicked plan and all of a sudden here are Lily and 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 her father you know waltzing off in there the dandelions part came from the fact that Lily has heard a tale in the past that if you blow a dandelion then you can talk to the fairies while the dandelions are blowing um, and mm. a, an idea, come, a concept that came up from my wife, which I just thought was, or was it you, Ed? Somebody came up with that. No, I'm just, no, no, I'm just, no, no. De- that was not me that came up with me. it. It was a brilliant idea. It really helped yeah, yeah. me out. As uh, I think that was uh, stroke, uh, stroke of genius. That, and that's, that, really that, good. that's where you really got the writing good. credit, honey, because she did get a writing credit on this one. Um, <laughs> so, so that is kind of what she does. And based on that, immediately following that, we have, uh, you know, first of all, the father being like, what are you doing? And, and just kind of frustrated with the whole thing. But then we have Oberon calling to her and we see her run off in front of her father into the forest. Um, and as I said, it's a short film, so I didn't have a lot of time to, to do a lot going in there. But basically, you're going to see her run into the forest following Oberon. And then shortly thereafter, you're going to watch what happens. The father gets taken. So the father is done. Mm. You know what I mean? He's gone. And then you have Lily on her own, still listening to, um, you know, still listening to Oberon. That's interesting because I had interpreted that a little bit differently. Now, I, I obviously wasn't a, a big part of the writing sure. process. Um, but in the final film, 
my impression, and is it okay yeah, if I, I, if I apologize? If I mention you guys this? said brief on that, and this is what happens when you've been knee deep in a story for like two months. I'm like, yeah, this <laughs> yeah, is I'm... the brief version. <laughs> <laughs> like twice as long. Spoiler as the film. alert. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I kind of interpreted the fact that um, the father was 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 taken out for a short while in order for things to happen. And it's, and it's interesting Ed says that because one of the things we changed in the cut then was all the, the, the death noises with the father. <laughs> so now now it will be very... <laughs> I, I, I hope it will be. When, when my wife watched it, the new cut, well, she said it's much clearer now that he does not end mm. up well. And I'm like, yes, okay, that's all mm. I needed. You know, it was a couple of <laughs> special effects. Um, I, I just, I just, I just want to make sure that, you know... The father comes back to Dandelions to Revenge of Ogre. Yeah, no, so far, so far... Or Revenge, revenge I mean, I, of the we Father. Don't, we don't ever see what happens to them, but I have used, you know, special effects sound, right. head splat, uh, inviscerate... No body, though. So, no yeah, body. there you go, There's he's no leaving body. it open for the sequel. So, so that happens... <laughs> That happens. Yeah. The dude's taken out of commission. So it, it basically, it's, you know, it's a plot device so Lily can continue to go into the force. And, 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 and one of the scenes I really like doing with her, um, and it's kind of funny because the scene wasn't actually directed this way, but I later patched it and post that way. Some of the tips we'll give you today. Um, but mm. there's a scene where she can hear my scream. And then literally as she's looking at my scream, Oberon comes back in again and she's just like, oh, whatever. And just follows Oberon in because mm. she's much more interested in following the fairies than she is in, in listening to her father, um, which is very much yeah. my daughter to a key. Um, <laughs> so from there, we kind of have the end of Dandelion's proper. And then it goes to give you kind of an epilogue. And so the first bit of the epilogue is the missing children posters. So the great help of Eric Johansson. Um, helped put together these posters i used you know the it just the easter eggs keep flowing the children used in that are my daughter obviously because she's the last poster and the other two are my nephews and nieces because i had no one and i had no time so i said dom who's my brother-in-law please 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 <laughs> yeah. can i use your kids on these posters i promise they won't really go missing <laughs> so three posters though at the end and then finally i the part of the film and this is why i'm kind of giving you the entire plot because the plot is a five minute film guys so you know what i mean the plot isn't right. overtly and there is we're not really spoiling is, anything. I mean, it's you know, I I, you I know. do have more of a backstory to this. There is more we could do with it, but like again, interpret it the way you want is fine with me. Like I haven't right. decided if we made this bigger exactly where it would go yet. I I have I know the backstory and I know kind of what I think should happen, but we haven't you know put anything down onto a feature script or anything like that. So this is still open ended. But what really made this one that I started saying I'm putting this into film festivals was the final shot. And um, mm, in yes. case I run out of time on this podcast, I will tell you the full story of that shot. But since we're doing it in the plot, the plot <laughs> bit, let me let me tell you where it falls yeah. in the. Can I can I just say before you explain that bit, which is a great story, but the shot is, in my opinion, sublime. sublime. Yes, absolutely sublime. And it's really funny because if you looked at the trailer we put together, because we did put together very, I, I wouldn't say hokey promotional material but obviously this was a family project with ed kind of coming in to help right. us and consult and you know we we weren't gonna this is a no budget film to the max so we weren't going to use so we used yeah. canva a really great kind of piece of software to create some very basic visuals to up the profile of the film because it was going to go on to an online film festival um so we wanted people right. to, to like to watch that and on the canva poster we the trailer we made where it's just it's the actual video clip that is the video clip that's used at the end of the film and they look entirely different 
Yeah, that's oh, that's so really again. Thank you. Uh, we'll have we'll have to talk about, about that. playing playing um, in post and, and the amazing things you can do in post with with not only with the, the color but also with the music. Mm. But the last shot, yeah, music, the mood. The last yeah. shot of this film is basically Lily. We know we see Lily still in the fo- in the forest. Now, what I did, which I thought was really cool on this one, is I, I mean, you're gonna have a bit of what? God, Adam, I'm I'm brain farting on the word for it. The, the V word. Right. What was it? The um. What we put on the edges of the film to make it look better. The vin- the vignette. vignette. So, yeah. So the vignette gets an eye. Like, it moves. I never like using an eye vignette through a whole film because it looks stupid to me. Like, why would you watch a yeah. film through? Thomas much. Edison is yeah. dead. You know what I mean? Like, we don't need to watch yeah. that one. However, the final shot, I put it back into an eye format because I really want it to look claustrophobic because she's supposed to be deeper in the forest. Yeah. And we just happen to yeah. get her around. And I'll tell you about this in just a second. But she's walking through, kind of struggling with these uh, milkweed or whatever they're called uh, that are running really tall so they're almost taller than her mm. and and then mm. it goes to the credits with with a, a wonderful public you know public piece that's that's public domain piece playing at the end and that was when i was like we have to submit this to film festivals it's good <laughs> is that is that your french director with yes a that is cigarette? that is and i am french very 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 like remotely french chiro is a french name if you didn't know and it comes from my ancient ancestor who was half quechuan half half french so there you go it came out with my cinema style and and is there are elements of this that i would say you know just feel very very french cinema very a little bit cinema verite, maybe. Yes, stuff exactly. Like, yeah, like okay, we I definitely at the tail end of it start hampering on the heartstrings a lot. Um, and you may mm. not get the impression from that from the, the middle bit. And that was something that I had to kind of try to marry up and something that was interesting to say. The middle bit. So when we go into detail about I guess we can just tell you now the middle bit was constructed first for a one minute short festival. And then we bolted on mm. the extra four minutes around it, which. But can I can I can I just say, though, like. The, the thing that, uh, well, one of the things that really impressed me in terms of, because this wasn't only the, your first time directing, it was really your first time editing a film. First right? time doing just about everything but the producing, yeah. And I didn't have, right. to, I didn't have to really produce on uh, this because I don't need any money, any money, so. Right, 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 right. Um, but I, I think that it's, I think it's a really hard thing to do that, to, to try and create a, a short piece that has, you know, flow and cohesion and all these things. And then to add bits around it, I think, I think that's um, a, a really, like, it, you, you deserve congratulations well, for that. Well, and, and let's not do congratulations on it. Let's talk about that, because this is the reason I wanted to do a podcast, because I, I'm just one of those types of people, and you can read my blog posts if you don't agree, but, you know, I am one of those types of people that hard on the sleeve. I really don't want to keep secrets from people and i i think my experiences maybe because i'm so narcissistic could help other people Mm. so on this one the reason the four minutes got drafted around the one minute is because i was pissed off at the response to the one minute so we shot the one minute i thought it was good it was broken you know as far as story cohesion so you had some you know basically when i i think it was it was it had more cohesion 
than a lot of one minute films that I've Absolutely, seen. Absolutely, but life. let's just tell it how it is. So that's what I mean. Like, it still was not very cohesive. So you would watch it okay. and look at it and say, I'm not quite sure what's going on there. And I, and I, I challenge you right. to do that. You know, you can isolate the minute when this film finally comes out up on our website, um, you know, which will happen after it's in the film festival, or if you manage to catch this in the film festival, watch just that middle bit and try to think about it in isolation. Because. Can people still watch the one minute? On- oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's easy. Go on YouTube. Boom. It's on um, <laughs> it's, Hex Media uh, Online the- yeah, Horror Film Festival. It was the one minute. If you go into YouTube, type in Hex Media One Minute Ghost Story. It should just pull up. Was it number 42 40, or 43? 42, or like I want to say. Yeah, we were right like next that. to another one that got a ton of it because it was a vote thing. So people put this up first. Uh, let, let's go a little bit through that process then, because I want to tell you about all the different things that happened on this. So so we mm. made the one minute cut. That was very much me, my wife and my daughter just trying to do something fun during COVID. Me calling Ed drastically every five minutes saying, I'm not sure how to do this, not sure how to do this. Then having this epically awesome kind of gear session over at Ed's house where we socially distanced, but we he showed me how to use this really cool gear that we had for... This was shot on a, on a Pixel 3 and an iPhone 10, just so you know. And I'm still ridiculously proud of that because it looks so much fucking better than we could normally do on a Pixel or an iPhone 10. Um, but that was submitted for a one-minute horror submission to hex media which is laurie brewster awesome guy it's his that's his um his and sarah daly's and tom staunton and all that group that's their production company and i've known i met them out in glasgow when i went he had mentioned he was going to have some stuff like this coming up so i was really keen to kind of impress because i like the guy i want to do more work with the guy and collaborate with the guy and i needed to show him that i was serious because a lot of times people don't take producers seriously for good reason we do a lot of talking not all of us do a lot of doing and even i've been guilty of that for for years at a time so can we uh can we mention the selfie stick uh yeah uh, since we're jumping around see this is the worst thing i had drafted like this whole thing of how we were gonna just a brilliant a brilliant script, script of how we're gonna to follow through it i knew it was just gonna fall to pieces because we just re- one question in because we, boom, it's just it's too gone. much passion a lot of times when you, when you watch the script fall apart on this show the reason we're okay with that is because you're seeing the passion guys like that's that's the truth <laughs> I mean, usually also you're in charge of keeping us on track. And if it's up to me, uh, it's not going to happen. Well, at least we, at least, at least he's stated that directly. I'll have to remember that when you're directing our next film. <laughs> remember what you said? I know. You listen to Sorry. me, Ed. That does not, that does not, that does not sound very good for a director to say something like that. It's all but, good. But, uh, you know, trying to keep, trying to keep me on budget and like on time is going to okay, be a so struggle. We'll do it in two parts. Cause I, I completely blitzed over that whole part about talking about the shot for Lily and why that, that last shot is, mm. it is very French and very yeah. awesome, but it's also very funny how it came about. But first we need to talk yeah. about the selfie stick. So I tell yeah. Ed about this project. I say what I want to do. One of the funnier things about this as well was that the script was really weak on this one. And that's my fault. Like, I'm being completely honest with you on that one. I didn't have a lot of time because this had to be done by a certain deadline. I'm working. And so I was like, shit, I usually have like six months to put a script together. This one I needed in like two weeks um, because I had to shoot. It was not because it was due in two weeks. It was because I was literally going to have to get out there and shoot this thing. So... You know, the script was was kind of like, okay, that'll work. And and my wife helped a lot with that. And then Ed helped kind of with the last few bits. And so I was constantly like talking to people and then saying, try this. I'm like, oh, that'll work. Yeah, I'll do that. So, but we have this script and then we get to the point of equipment. So I tell Ed about this and I'm like, this is how I have to do it. The script is, this is how I'm planning on shooting it. And he's like, oh, I've got these great rigs for you, man. I'm like, okay. Cause I was shooting on a phone. So I'm like, what do I need a fucking rig for a phone for? You know what I mean? Like, I'm just going to turn the phone on. I'm going to point it where I need it to go. Right. 
<laughs> he's like, no, man, you yeah. got to, you know, and, and this is how it sounds to me because I'm not a camera guy. So he's like, no, man, I've got this stuff, man, and to make the sweetest shit ever. Like, you've got this light, and then you've got this microphone. I'm like, dude, the phone's got a, a light and a microphone. Like, I'm not seeing where this is going to help. And then he's like, and I've got this stick. Mm-hmm. I've got this stick, man, and I'll let you do all these. It's a gimbal. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, like, I don't need a fucking gimbal for a cell phone. Like, what are you doing? Like, and the worst thing is, six months ago, one of my mates at work had gone to South Africa to do, like, the safari thing and had told me all about this gimbal he had bought for his phone. And I made the same speech to him. And I was like, what are you wasting your money on? Like, that's ridiculous, right? It's a glorified selfie that was stick, my... but I remember that's and, what you and said that, to that... me. I, and, and Ed was ready to my, kill. The look on my face. <laughs> Ed was ready to kill. I was like, this cost me a lot of money from Kickstarter, goddammit. <laughs> but once I, I, I kind of which, showed which can, you how Hold on, works. remember you have listeners, so can we just point out to listeners that the mm-hmm. reason I was giving Ed this speech is because just because it costs a lot of money on Kickstarter, Ed, does not me. That doesn't matter. <laughs> it's cool gear. Leave me and, alone. And when he first came to England, bought a lot of things on Kickstarter. A lot of Some gear. of which have been awesome for our studio and others which are utter shit. <laughs> this, uh, the, hey, hey. This gimbal was bought like two years ago and uh, Dandelions was the first time. And let me tell you. Okay, so let's, let's talk about the good stuff. This gimbal is amazing. Now, I shouldn't be saying how amazing it is because then you'll look at my shots and be like, Wow. Such bad shots for such a good gimbal. <laughs> okay, it was my my no, first no. time using something gimbal, like that. <laughs> and, and I think I think that's a really important thing. You you had a question in here for me, which was regarding uh, first time filmmakers and stuff like that. Absolutely. And if 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 I can just very quickly just answer that question, uh, which relates to this, uh, what we're talking about now, um, uh, filmmaking. Once you kind of get into it is a real rabbit hole when it comes to the gear that's out there, the gadgets. And you and I both love our gadgets. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about laptops uh, before we started recording. And it's very easy to get sucked into that. And I suffered from this very early on where I felt like if I don't have the, the right light, if I don't have the right mic, if I don't have the right lens, then I can't make a film. And... You know, the, you, the question that you, that you put in the script was, what would be your best advice for a kind of first-time filmmaker? Mm. And um, it's very much just get out there and do it with whatever you've got. And I think that you epitomize this with Dandelions in that, granted, you know, I've got a couple of nice gadgets. You've got nice phones and, uh, you know, with, with great, like, uh, lenses and really amazing uh the technology has has increased you know exponentially in terms of camera phones um but yeah just get out there and do it which is exactly what you did with dandelions it's another reason why i was so excited to kind of like you know help you wherever wherever i could and in a way i'm glad that i wasn't there because i feel like it, it made you have to see things without having someone that you can just turn to and say how would i do this you know or like you know this is what i'm trying to do how do i do that like i think that learning by doing is probably the most valuable thing that i've experienced as a yeah filmmaker. i mean for me that that it, it, it 
Yeah, it's it's a funny thing because it has shown, especially with this one, that that is for me at least. Everybody has learning styles, right? So everybody learns different mm. ways. Some people learn by listening. Some people learn by by writing. Mm. I, I'm always a note taker. That tends to be how things stick in my brain. But I guess that furthers this learning by doing bit. So. This experience, and it reminds me a bit of when I did I Need Some Ideas Demon Ed with Ed the first time. That was the very first time I was ever kind of involved with anything film-wise. And it was just a, a, a shit little one-minute short we did for Celluloid Screams. It wasn't shit. It was good. Um, but, you know what I mean? It wasn't... It was... It, we spent 20 bucks getting the whole thing together. And it was just literally so we could win this contest or at least be entered into this contest. And I learned, you know, that year so much just from that experience because i had thought one minute short i had scripted that that one was fully scripted and it was like this should take half a day 20 minutes it took a day it took an entire day we had to like i remember we were in this office that i'm in right now and we had to kind of like do it all out it just amazed me how much effort and this was i said a long time not too long ago three years ago so a time ago when i i wasn't quite into it this experience putting dandelions together Oh, it just has blown open doors for me and said, like, oh, this is how it needs to be done. And, oh, this is how it is. <laughs> so the points Ed's making about the shots, let me talk about two times that happened. Because, again, it's it's trying to give independent filmmakers listening and anybody else listening some insights as to what's going on. So the first time that happened was about midway through the shooting cycle. So testament to myself, because I have to toot my own horn on this. I got up for the golden hour, believe it or not. Um <laughs> a lot of that was setting it up so I wouldn't be able to not do it. I told my wife that was the time we were leaving, and my wife does not go late to anything. So when I told her we were leaving the house at 4.30, we were leaving the house at 4.30. And I did that deliberately, because had I not done that, then we probably would have left the house at 9, because that's that's right. Jason. Like, I just don't like getting up in the morning. I don't like getting moving. But this I'm was important. You. Like, and, and when it comes to filming, it's the only time you'll see me get up early. Um, because as, as a yeah. producer, I'm supposed to be the first person there. You know what I mean? That's, that's mm. kind of my job, is to make sure everything is set up and ready to go. So there really should never be an instance of me lying in on a set. Um, plus, I was, you know, my wife was my first AD on this one. And, you know, my daughter was my actress, the person I was working on that. So we went through a lot of prep of that ahead of time. But shot wise. So going back to that point, we were midway through the shoot. It was probably about 11 o'clock, maybe 1030. We were starting to get things brighter. It was really good. We got out in the golden hour because things were flooding with light at that point. And we were deep in the forest. Yeah. And I had this shot where I wanted to show, and, and you, it, this will explain to you why there is no shot of Catherine running away from me, because I couldn't figure out how to do it. Because I would have her run, and then I would be behind her, and I told Becky to keep panning, so with this amazing arm you have, you can pan upwards, you can pan downwards, you can pan to the side, like, and it won't jiggle. It just does what you want it to do. So... Yeah, beautifully stable beautifully shot. stable shot and a lot of the shots you'll see in the opening to this film where, where Oberon is talking are those shots that I was you know using this and doing this but we didn't actually have any place to put them in the, in the, in the story proper so mm-hmm. but had this shot and the problem was there was never a point that Ka- Catherine was going to go off in the distance and you weren't going to see me something had to happen to me because I was always still going to be in the frame and I ran that shot four times until Becky said it's impossible you cannot run it because you're always going to be in the frame and then I had to step back look again and she was right and we just had to, to tank the shot I crossed it off the list and said I don't know what I was thinking with this now I went back home thereafter and Ed had given me two books called Master Shots which I have upstairs um, which showed me how I could have done that shot. And Ed, 
explained to me 10 seconds later. But to be fair, I'm happier that I was a shot I didn't know what to do because it's it's a moment of humility, to be honest, to remind you, you know, you've got to prep for these things before you come in. Don't because I walked in with a shot list, guys, where I hadn't actually tried or practiced the shot. Never do that. Never put a shot. You hadn't. Yeah, don't don't put it. I I had, but but I hadn't I hadn't thought of how the cameras were going to work. So I had storyboarded. I'd drawn it out and said, this is how it's supposed to look. He'll drop off here. But this is the point when you storyboard. The next thing you have to do is make sure your camera can do the storyboard. I hadn't I hadn't compared the two. So that was the first kind of funny incident Mm. where my wife had to be like, it's not going to happen. And I was like, no, I think you're right. So. But I think uh, on 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 that point, um, one of the biggest things that I, I think a good director needs is the ability to think on their feet and to, in a sense, be able to put out fires in a calm way that means that that stuff keeps going. Do you know absolutely. what I mean? And I think that you're absolutely right that, um, you know, it's it's good experience to, to realize this shot isn't going to work. Okay move on let's let's yeah let's so i mean and and remember i had a child on set too a child who she actually got injured on set like obviously this isn't i can say i can oh, say really? that because she wasn't employed by me she's my daughter but we were doing <laughs> we were worried because there's a lot of this you know if you watch if i showed you all the footage we did so we did probably about two mm. to three hours worth of total footage like stretched mm. out um yeah, I know. Lots and lots of shots. And she was a trooper through the whole thing. We did multiple takes. We went around places. We, we you know, the, the entire area we moved in is about, a, you know, a mile all around that she had to walk. So and this was my wife, too, carrying all the equipment with me. And so, you know, it was a grueling morning. It was only a morning. So don't you know, it wasn't like we, we didn't do a Stanley Kubrick where we spent, you know, 20, 20, 20 mm-hmm. years making a film. Um, but it was a long day and and when it's your wife and your kid like it's just such a different dynamic no testament to my wife she was amazing like um and 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 i've said this before i think i said this on the last podcast on the us podcast we do my wife and i are the type that fight like cats and dogs we're very opinionated people we don't mind challenging each other on those kind of things so i was really nervous about that on set because mm. a especially when it's your kid there too it will have an effect on her so i'm like i have to keep everyone as happy as possible i never had any issues with that really like my wife was was so Mm. supportive throughout the whole thing you know as i said Mm. that's why at the end of the day i started calling her the first ad and why i gave her a producer credit at the end because you know there was so much that she was helping out with the shot she was the cameraman when i couldn't be there when i had to be in the shot when i was doing something else but Catherine as well and this isn't me just blowing smoke up my my kid and my wife's ass by the way just so you guys know like i didn't expect it to go this well at all and i was prepared for things to to kind of like (laughs) tantrums yeah, and, that's, and that's, that's what dads do and, dads yeah, prepare yeah. for those situations yeah. but they were amazing and, and Catherine especially Catherine really really ripped up her arm falling from some of the shots you can see that go down this big hill which is where a lot of the really mm. cool trees are that we wanted to shoot so she fell on one of the shots and i didn't know what to do because i was like i don't really want to shoot her anymore if she's if she's injured mm. but she brushed herself off she stopped crying sat next to her mom her mom said, do you want to keep doing this? So daddy's probably got enough footage now and we don't want you to get hurt. And she said, no, 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 no. She's like, I'm fine. Like, let's just do the next shot. And she moved right on to the next one. Did she, um, did you, like, 
do you get the feeling that she really enjoyed uh, the process? Yes, and- but that was because we talked about this when we talked about Jordan Peele. That the process was to make everything, and, and to this day, I would say like that film is all about her. Okay, that is if if mm. if there's any legacy to this film, which there really shouldn't be because mm. it's a five minute online horror short. But if there's any <laughs> legacy to this film, if people like this film and say, "Wow, we wanted to have you know, we want to keep it in posterity." It's a movie made for my daughter. You know what I mean? I want to show her. I sp- it's very cute. We spend, her and I spend more time talking about filmmaking now than, than I think we, we ever did before. That's so But it's just cool. the way it is. She's very interested in, in daddy's work. Is she like curious about, because, uh, you know, she, she watches a lot of movies and TV shows and stuff like that, like any kid. Um, d- does she now kind of ask questions or does she all, say, oh, I, I wonder how they did the that? Or- this is the thing. I'm one of those people, you know, and, and some people roll his eyes at this. I don't usually, I'm not good at talking to my child as a child. I've just never been good mm. with that period. Like, I don't mm. understand. I don't understand dumbing. You don't, you, you don't baby I can't baby or dumb things down. Like, that's just not my style. Mm. And so my daughter will sit with me and we will talk about shots. So right now she's obsessed with Harry Potter because she bought me the Harry Potter Lego mm. video game for my birthday, which was awesome it was very awesome um and so not my birthday sorry for father's day and so we're playing that and so we're watching the harry potters now the problem we had with harry potter in the past is in the fourth film um and hopefully you all have seen this in the fourth film the death scene with cedric diggeroy is heart-wrenching mm. heart-wrenching not not it when is, he gets killed when he gets quite... killed you don't really even notice it but when he comes back from the mm. port key to come over we just watched yeah. it last night and it's going to be part of the story i tell you with his, dad. his dad just yeah. comes out running and says my son my and i mean it, it, becky and mm. i were choking up at it because it is a really mm. really great scene however my daughter mm. i think was four when she first saw that and i mean i got a swift phone call from her mother saying why in God's name did you let it, you know, did you not warn us about this in the film? <laughs> this time around, I wouldn't let her watch the film until we sat and talked about it from a film perspective. And I said, here right, is the right. director. Here's who made it. Here's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I mm. said, so you understand the actor. this is yeah, a yeah. film. I said, it's very entertaining. And mm. daddy loves it when it scares me or when it makes me cry or makes me happy. However, none mm. of this is real. And I say, then that doesn't mean you can't right. be scared. Because there's still going to be stuff that's going to give you nightmares, even though you know it's not real. Like, I get that. I was like that as a kid as well. But we walked her through that, and now she gets that. So she was more than able to watch Harry Potter and probably a bunch of other things now as well. And she... That's she cool. openly talks about scenes and shots and things like that when she sees them. And it's, you know, she's a six year old, so it's not going to happen all the time. But when it does, you know, as parents, you're just like, oh, my no, God, yeah. that's and, amazing. And she um, she did some stagecoach as well, which is like that's right. So she does. Yeah, she that. does. She she really she likes singing, acting and, and dancing. Basically, that's what she likes to do. Um, and so we just encourage that singing probably being her favorite one. She is the one that will write a song about anything. Um, I love that. I just mm. absolutely love that. So she gets away with it all the time um she <laughs> likes to dance so yeah she you know it was yeah. it was quite funny we were uh, she was dancing along with the harry potter dance yesterday because they had the big dance in the fourth one so she was dancing with them yeah. um it was really cute Aww. um and then yeah the acting bit the acting she's really i mean this is a father talking about his daughter but i you know i pushed her on the day um but she was good and i and she was excited the thing is when it was me and her and hopefully I'll get to direct her again like this someday. But it was it was a game for us. It's it's something that she knows how important the filmmaking is to me. I, I would say mm. her mother and her started seeing that maybe three or four months ago when literally I spend 
all my time working on films, looking at films, reading about films, talking about it's just an obsession. And it's fine. Like, it's not the kind of thing that if I never become a big filmmaker, will it ruin my life? No, like I get to do fun stuff now. No, but, but got- it's it's interesting because I think they've they've seen you because you're, you're one of these people that kind of latches onto something and then goes deep into it, you know? whether it's your video games or your music or right. whatever. And um, I, I think that it's cool because, I mean, obviously I don't know you as well as your wife and your child, but um, it's cool to see you as invested as you are and it feels like uh, the, the, the thing. But let me, let me, let me ask you a question. Um, like when you, so you, you decide you're going to direct this yourself and... Um, like, what what are your thoughts on, you know, experiencing directing for the first Loved time? Loved it. Loved it. And have, I'll have a hard time, but I'm going to have to. I'm going to have a hard time handing it back to you, Ed. Like, because it was, it's, it is a power trip. That was the coolest thing. Uh, there is a little bit of that. Yeah, well, there? because yeah. it's it's my vision. It's like what I want the film to be. And it, being opinionated as I yeah. am, like, I want everything to be my vision anyway. So, right. yeah, that was, that was cool. That was really cool. I think... The other bit that I, I I really loved about it was, you know, from the directing standpoint, was being able to create the moods. I hadn't appreciated mm. that as a producer. And as a writer, you don't appreciate that. As a writer, you, you get to create the background. You get to create mm. kind of the, the high principles that you're going to make the story about. So, you know, if you right. read a couple of my books, Facebook posts about this, um, this, when I reflected on why did I write this? Why is it this? This is an easy reflection on the fears that my wife and I have for our child in COVID-19. And that's a very serious thing. Like that's not something that I'm putting lightly. I use writing often as therapy, as a way to express things that I don't know how to express otherwise. As a director, Ed, the reason that I just have gotten even crazier about this is I can do that so much better visually than I can in writing. Mm. So where I'm a decent I writer and I and I can put a story together, I'm not just a decent writer. I'm a good writer. I'm a good writer. I think I have the ability to be a great director. Because I just that's how I see things. That's how when I put a mm. story together, it's visually in my head like that. And so being able to take a camera mm. and then just execute that was was mind-blowing for me because because it, you know i just felt like maybe i've been doing this wrong the whole way like maybe i should have been looking at doing this with shots because it just makes the story so much clearer that i'm not you know there are points in a story where i would rather not be so explicit about something i would rather you know leave it open for interpretation in a film you can do that in a book it's harder like because i mean i'll i'll, I'll be honest with you i think that like like anything you know if you intend to work in a particular industry i think experiencing different roles and understanding the different kind of things that people do and doing them yourself i think inevitably is going to make yeah, you better so, that, at that so that's thing. producer to director uh, sorry writer to director the writer director difference is the writer yes i can create the enormous story but the product that people are going to see the one that people are going to respond to and that's the part that gets me right. going the most is is the is the film mm. itself and so right. that's where you film, get different yeah. from the writer. The writer will always feel like someone is taking his story and doing something with it. Like, I don't think I'll ever get mm-hmm. away from that feeling if I have to hand it to a director or someone else. To be fair, like, that's mm-hmm. that's the gig, though. That's what I'm saying. That's the writer, then right. the director. How does a director differ from a producer, then, would be the other angle to look at this. Well, 
the difference mm. in that is the investment. And Ed's seen that because, you know, this film feels very much like my baby. You know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. I've I've literally walked this through as much fire as I could get it to, to to make it look better. I had to fight for it to get, you know, to give you a bit of background. The, the first time I heard back on the film festival, we didn't make the original cut. Mm. So I... That's interesting. I think we should. Yeah, talk about it. I, as I said, there's a couple of little stories to throw in there. I still haven't told the one about the last shot, but maybe we'll fit, say that as the last story of the podcast. Um, yes. But so, <laughs> so getting into Hex Media's online one minute ghost story. When he put the post up in his group about it, I had thought everybody was going to make it in there. So I had told my wife and daughter, "Guess what, guys? We've got a project to do, and everything was done." And I wouldn't say we eschewed quality for this, but it was done on the basis that everybody's going to get a turn. So we'll just make the right. best we can. We'll put it together. I'm a perfectionist, so. You know, that's the thing. That was the quality control was that I'm the kind of person that's not going to let something be shown that I don't think is at least decent, at least shows my ability to put some stuff together to edit, to do those kind of things. So I sent it over and I didn't hear really hear anything back. I think I got it in like a week early and then it was like I didn't hear anything Mm. back. So and the weird thing is you do it by we transfer and and it doesn't tell you at least it does when I send things to you, but it didn't with him tell me whether or not they had seen it or not. So I, I, you know, Mm. what I did is the usual producer thing. And I would advise you because of the outcome of this story to do similar. I asked queries and I didn't do it in a rude way. I dropped First, I kept checking the boards, and when the announcement first came up on the films that were there and our film was not listed, there were something like 40 films listed and ours wasn't. I didn't get I was mad. I was really mad. Um, but I didn't get mad. What I did is I dropped. Right. You didn't you didn't react. No. Well, I yeah. did. And then I didn't. I was pissed. And then I went outside and took a walk. That's the first thing I'll tell you is if you get mad about anything in film, right. go out and take a walk. Take a 20 minute walk. I'm not kidding. <laughs> it will solve 99 percent of your problems. Yeah. When you come back, yeah, you'll yeah. know what to do. So 20 minute walk yeah. came back and I just dropped a line to Lori on Facebook because I know I'm on Messenger. You know, I, I've met him. He's, he's seen me before. And I said, hey, man, you know, totally get you know, and this is exact words. I totally get that you didn't put the film in. That's that's quite okay. Like it's not a problem at all, man. But you know, I had my wife and my kid worked really hard on this, and Ed worked really hard on this. So just so I got something to tell the team, can you tell us the feedback? Can you let us know, you know, why it didn't make the cut? Didn't hear anything at first, yeah. and then I get a message. Kind of, it was late. It was really late. It was like eleven o'clock at night, and he said, "Listen, man, this is all via text, so we're not talking to each other." So via text, he says, "Listen, it was four people on the committee." You know, two people liked it or I liked it, but two people didn't. And one person was on the fence. And I was like, oh, OK. And I was like, well, why didn't you guys like it? And he said, well, to be fair and, and query, go watch the one minute version. And, 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 you know, perfectly, I think you can see his comments here. He says we, we, we couldn't point, understand yeah. really what was going on. He's like, we it was cool. And it had, you know, some really good elements. And, and Lori was so complimentary about it and just said, I really like the design mm-hmm. on it, really like the quality. However, the rest of the four, you know, we weren't all on the same page with it. So I said, that's okay, man. Like, totally get what you're saying about stories. Sorry, we only had a minute to deal with. So it was like trying to get Mm. this all together at once. It's why the five minute version is infinitely better, because it gives you at least some of the backstory that you you were wondering about. But you you graciously kind of. Well, this is the best part of that story. So. I was typing a took it message, a long took it message, like a long, like, so sorry, but it's okay. Better Mm. luck next time for us. We keep working hard over here. You know, we've got another, we're working on something else for him at the moment. So I was like, I'll keep working on the other bit. Hopefully you like that a little bit better, but just give me feedback because obviously I want to make something that you're, that's how we are guys. Like, you know, obviously if we're commissioned to make something, you know what I mean? We want it to be Uh. what the person who's commissioned us to make it the best thing possible. 
And to be to be honest with you, I, it was very cool of him to get back yeah. to you. Because some won't, uh, some just because won't. Because a, a, a lot of festivals, no, man. I mean, they get, they get. They, they tell you up front. They tell you up front, like, you know, if you submit, you know, if you're paying money, I'm sorry, but we yeah. can't. We just can't yeah. give well, individual I, feedback. Although some of them, in, including uh, the festival that a friend of mine set up, he made a point, because he's a filmmaker, he made a point of, we're sending feedback to absolutely everybody who sends, it's just, sends it's helpful. Film. So, and Laurie had provided that. Yeah, I, what was the other thing that Laurie had said that I'd forgotten about before that? Oh, it, he was just talking about the decision process and kind of how, like, it, it was when mm. they had submissions. So this was something, there's a there's a Hexbook group with 80, Hex Media group with 80 of us in there. And we're all kind of, we're all like de facto crew for him. Like, he's allowed to ask us to do things. We don't get paid for it. But it's a community thing he set up. I think it's smart because it's a way to build films without having to spend a ton of money. So, you know, this all came about on that. So you thought maybe 80 submissions. They had something like, as far as he told me, three times, four times that amount from people not in the group. So everyone just started submitting to this thing. He's like, and I couldn't show, you know, 300 one minute films. That's just three hours. So he's like, so we limited it to 40. But I'm typing about this long, like, not apology, but just this, it's okay. Thank you so much for your time and your feedback. You're a great dude. Want to work with you again. Always be polite in this industry. Thank you very much. Yes. You know, just always be yes. gracious. You know, there's no reason not to Don't be. Don't burn bridges. I, Do not same, burn Same bridges. as my day job. You know what I mean? Don't be a dick. There's no reason to be a dick. So as I'm typing this, he comes back and he says, you know, Sarah, that's his partner and another one of the producers is like, Sarah's asking me, is this the one with the little girl in it? And I said, yeah, that's my daughter. Like, yeah, it had, had, had Lily in it, whose who's real name is Catherine. And he says, guess what? We got room for one more you're in. And nice. I mean, I'm not, I can't, I'm getting goosebumps now. It was like... Th- we, 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 you called, you called well, me this, that this night, was like 1145 <laughs> at night that we're closing this deal. Yeah. And then Lori, and this is, if, if you ever listen to this, Lori, this, this literally made my year, my decade. Like Lori mm. says... It's because you were a great producer and you promoted your film. He's like, that's the, that's the reason we're doing it. Good on well you done. for going in there. So, And that wasn't good on me because I was just doing what I thought I should do. But that is yeah, that is point yeah. positive. Lori is, is a well-respected producer, guys. Like, this yeah, guy yeah. has made yeah. you know a couple feature films, has his own media group. He knows what he's talking about. Like That's one mm. thing I took from him. And I would say Katie Bonham taught me that back when I used to work with her a couple years back. That promoting your film is one of the most important things you can do. Don't ever say it's a bad film our film is not a bad film it has some technical hitches but it is not a bad film for the five minutes we put into it it is it is the best thing i think any of us has turned out for that and you have to believe that you have to go to people with the belief that you have created something good if you come up to people and say well it's kind of shit but i think you should watch it then well then i don't i just don't think people buy it as much yeah yeah um you know, speaking of that, uh, would you mind talking a little bit about um, the promotional packet and uh, some of the things that you did, which which helps you with uh, submissions? Yeah, so this is so. Like there's that. a whole section we were going to talk about what's next for Dandelions, and that's kind of where this all fits in. Because some people think I made a short film. There's no print and advertising campaigns. Print and advertising, if you don't know, is how producers talk about the marketing of films. So print and advertising is the extra budget that. You know, read extra budget that is added on Mm. to the budget of a film after it's, you know, usually before it's made, but as an afterthought as the extra millions you're going to have to dump into. And this is real money. And, and, and Jason is not kidding here. Millions. You know, when you hear the budget for a film, 
double it because that's what you that's your that's, that's your print advertising. Yep, yeah. there there you go. Yeah. So yeah. uh so this one, like, obviously there is no budget for print and advertising, really. So I had to think, how are we going to do this? Well, there are a couple considerations. First thing you always want to do, you know, with with it is to get some promo material and behind the scenes shots. So I was very lucky that on the day I told Becky about how important they were. And Becky took a, a mm. bunch of photos. So, if you know, if you go into submission nice. for Film Freeway, it's all right on there. You know what I mean? Those are all our little shots. There are probably about five that I put in the packet, but you're putting together a packet of shots. And really, if I was going to do a full packet for a full movie, there'd be at least 100 shots in there. Easy. Right. right. And just just to kind of let our listeners know, in case, you know, um, there's some some people who are starting to get into filmmaking, but they don't know about it. Uh, Film Freeway is a, is a fantastic website. I think it's owned by um, IMDb or Amazon, okay. one, which one of um, those. Yeah. But yeah, it, um, there used to be one called Without a Box, um, which uh, dealt with submitting to, um, you know, festivals. But Film Freeway has really kind of taken off in, in the past, you know, 10 years or so. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful platform. It, it has a lot of integration with things like IMDb and... Yeah, yeah so, trailers up so and, when we're talking about PNA, I, I think from an amateur level, going into amateur, going into, you know, saying like we are, you know, we want to make short films that eventually lead us to a, a yeah. feature film, the, you know, hopefully someday lead us to that MCU film. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But Film Freeway lays it out for you really simply. Okay. It, it'll say, mm-hmm. do you want to put behind the scenes photos here? Do you want to put a website for your. Um, for your for your 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 movie here do you want to add a trailer so we use canva which is just a simple app that makes like posters and stuff like that to create some very basic things and then on releasing this on submitting to the online film festival so before we had heard back whether we'd made it or not what i did is release things via facebook so via our social media facebook pages there with the poster and the and the trailer and we released those and i did what's called boosting and boosting it's very simple and it doesn't require too much thought. When you boost something, you're going to send it to the far, the wider Facebook ad, you know, audience. Right. And why boosting is so effective is because you can target who you want to put that to. So I wrote down right, the right. city. Yeah, you, you have to pay, right? Yes. So and and you pay yeah. per day. So I usually run okay. for a week, and then I will pick areas like the ones that traditionally come back to us. First, you got to know what you're talking about. So dirty twenty videos have are boosted one way. You know, are this podcast and and this will be boosted because I will boost this so other people can hear about this. This will be boosted another way, and then you know if I have a Mm. short film, then I boost it through it. And it's all looking at what age groups are going to watch this. Is it male versus female? Mm. What type of interests would they have that they want this? And you can put all of this into your advert. And basically, what will happen is on their Facebook page, this will pop up as something for them to click on because they might be interested in it. It has it has good traction. It does. It's not amazing, so it's not like it's going to get you a hundred new followers today, but it right, will right, get it visible, right. and that's all I wanted is people to to kind of see it and be curious about it. So that was the initial advertising yeah. that was done before this was even submitted. Now in the post phase, like we've we've been in one festival where I've got to put the laurel leaf on the poster for that, but we are now going through with this. I have created a spreadsheet of all the film festivals that are possible or at least considered. Mm. Oh, and and sorry, can I just interrupt you real quick and just just mention that once you've done that on Film Freeway, once you've created your 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 you know your page with all the information and stuff, you then submit through Film Freeway to lots and there's like 
hundreds and hundreds right. and hundreds. So, maybe so let me thousands. let me break it down production style simple. All right. So first step, make sure that you have a tagline, a poster, and a trailer. Okay. Doesn't matter what they are. Look at ours. Ours are as low budget as it can. We went on Canva to create them. Okay. My wife yeah. created them for me because I was, you know, literally looking for something. They're awesome. Busy well, no, they're there. awesome though, because they do what they need to do. They, we never wanted this to be. So yeah. we may go back now. We are considering, you know, I'm going to be talking to Eric who helped us out again about possibly doing um, a poster for the film, whether or not he'd be willing to do that mm. again. We're in no budget territory. So everything's on a favor. Everything's on an ask. And I won't. Mm. The only yeah. thing I will spend money on for this is film festivals, just to see whether or not we can expand the audience for this a bit further. And so that's the that's the yeah. you, you get your tagline, you get your poster, you get your trailer, get some behind the scene photos. And then, like I said, I, the other things that I'm doing, I'm looking for my friends that work in press to see if one of them will watch it and give it a review. Um, generally, you'll want to mm. do that after it's shown at a festival. So I'm kind of waiting until it gets selected, if it gets selected for one of these festivals. And then I'll send them the five minute cut and say, can you watch this and let me know what you thought? Uh, but you want to have some mm. press murmurings about it. The other things I've considered because Dandelions is about missing children. Um, I am toying with the idea of creating a viral site so you could create a viral website and attract mm. attention to it. My, my biggest fear now is creating a viral website about missing children and getting arrested. <laughs> so I have to figure out how to do yeah. these things and make sure that everyone understands right, for entertainment right, right. purposes only. But again, why would I do yeah, that? Because yeah. I want to generate buzz about my film. I want people to talk mm. about dandelions. I want people, I, they don't, right. they don't need to have seen it yet, but I need them to be right. talking about the story and talking about where it's going. And then when they do mm. see it, hopefully it fulfills that, that, that itch they had mm. to, to know what, what was so cool about dandelions. Mm. But as of this is the production side of things like producer you have to create a buzz it is not enough whatsoever and i'm really really adamant about this and you get pissed off because i've I've had mm. people try to argue it the other way to me but there is nothing you know you have to promote your film as if it's the best thing yeah. since sliced bread and that is your job yeah. as a producer there's no ifs ands or buts about that if you're not yeah. doing that, you're not doing a service to the crew and team. Is. It's what I tell. It's the one thing. In, in my household now, there are absolutely no shit films. And, and, and people say, well, what okay. do you mean? What, what do you mean there are no shit films? There's no such There's thing. There's no as a shit such film. thing. My, my daughter's not allowed to say mm. it. I'm not allowed to say it. My wife's not allowed to say it. Why? Because we watch the trailers, not the trailers, sorry, the credits. <laughs> the credits mm. for every movie we watch because every single yeah, one of those yeah, yeah. persons, those people, have spent an innumerable amount of time putting this together. And yeah. so yeah, even the absolutely. worst film I've ever seen, which I can't think what it is off the top of my head, but had, you know, a cast and crew. And it's like, you have to respect that. That is someone taking time and no, no person does it mm. just to make money. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't know any film producers out there that would waste that kind of time on something just because they want to get rich. Right. It's not, it's not, film, it's not an film easy way is to get rich. not a way to get rich. You want to get rich. This is the stuff they're talking about being a lawyer or being, and trust me, you don't, you're not that rich yeah. if you do those things, but you are definitely going to be mm. in more money. If you go that route, this is, this is passion. Yeah. This is people doing the yes. hard out and, and it's fueled, fueled entirely passion, by passion and art. And art is the part where some people will watch it and say, wow, that was pretty shitty. And other people will say it and say, it's, oh, it's okay. You know, but that's how it works. I wish, I wish, I wish I could have, uh, uh, made you listen to this podcast like two years ago just because it's just funny yeah, to yeah me. i had a, I had a like, much different you know, attitude about this when i first started out as producer because i took things much more from the business angle 
I, I think everybody does. You know, when when I started off as a director, you know, like I I had a very unrealistic view, or not necessarily unrealistic, but just a just an ill-informed view of you know the process and what people are and, supposed and to do. And, and that's and another like that. important point. The biggest success I have had so far has been because I've taken my ego and completely thrown it the other way. Aside from my creativity, I'm allowed to, because I'm allowed to exercise my creative ego now. So where I have, you know, where I do have a large ego is with my writing, with my directing. Like when I make something, I think it's good. And Ed will always tell you this, like, because it makes him laugh because it's very difficult sometimes to get me to, to do something a second time because I'm like, it's done. It's great. It's awesome. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like no, it's not how... The thing is, I completely understand because I'm very yeah, similar and, and you have to remember it's, it's... I think it's another one yeah, of the reasons it's, it's, why it's, we it's work It's not so really finished, guys. Like, you can never just have a script and be like, it's done. <laughs> like, it has to be... Dandelions is perfect point of that. The first script wasn't liked by enough people, so we've literally gone back and redone, you know, a bunch of it to make it what we think is a better film. I've, without I, I, without George honest, Lucas I, in I, it. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. Um, I really enjoyed. So obviously, um, just in terms of, you know, some of the the acting that I did in this uh, particular film, you had some uh, voiceover stuff that you wanted me to do uh, three different ways um, for the original one minute Mm -hmm. short. Um, I gave you three slightly different takes and I thought it was really cool what you did where you kind of blended them together. Um, and, uh, and gave like a very kind of, you know, ethereal kind of uh, vibe to it. And then later, uh, once you'd done the one minute and you decided to expand to a five, uh, you gave me some more lines and I really enjoyed those lines. Um, they, they really kind of gave that horror vibe, Mm. which, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to... To give you a sneak peek at at Ed's genius, he has he has channeled. I mean, the words themselves. When I read them for the fiftieth time, because it's the other thing. It's like when you write uh, a one hit wonder. Mm -hmm. Like you, I I feel for those guys now because it's like I have heard my five minutes short (laughs) on repeat like six billion times now, and I'm like, "Ah." especially when you have to edit it, which is unfortunately something that we might not get to talk about. But But, um, um, so. For the sake of talking about the vocal part and, and the written part, the written part, when I read it again, it was very Clive Barker, which is he's one of my favorites. So that makes sense. Mm. Um, I think I adopted a lot of his language from it just made me it sounded mm. to me like something out of Hellraiser. And I was like, OK, mm. and, and, and guys, that's the writing process. It came off the cuff. I needed something for Ed to read. Literally, I sent yeah, him an yeah. email saying on a Sunday saying like, hey, dude. I think I've got an idea for how I can make this film better and, and pad it out to five minutes. Would you be able to read some lines if I can get them over to you? But I had like, I came up with that. I was going to do this like a week before, two weeks before the deadline, a week and a half. I think it was before the de- mm-hmm. It wasn't very much time. So I was like desperate to get things done. So he says, yes. And I was sitting there like, oh, crap, I've got to draft these because I need him to record tonight so I can see if they work or not. Because I had six right. or seven other things that I was doing with the film to try to make it yeah. bigger. So deadline yeah so i just i mean it was it's 16 <laughs> it is literally 16 lines if i remember correctly four line four paragraphs of four lines each um yeah. you know there is a very shakespearean kind of theme to all of this which i love well, that's we're something else that I we gotta, didn't you really gotta, talk gotta about. do it you know what i mean so but you you decided to open up the the, the five minute short with a with a so really yeah, cool quote. yeah so I'll, I'll talk you through all of this and then we're gonna the last thing i will talk about before we close off tonight is talking about that final shot um but talking okay. about the intro in a bit more detail before we move on to talking about the final shot and closing out. 
So the intro gets bright. He reads out the lines and I, I like them. I had a problem when I took hmm. the original line. So what he's talking about originally is Ed read things three different ways. And my first problem when I was putting around the one minute version was I couldn't decide which version I liked best. Ed did a whispery voice. Ed did kind of like a normal voice. And then Ed did this like gray kind of angry blah. and I, I i liked them all three i was like shit and i was like well, i don't want to pick one because then i'll be locked into it for because he had two or three lines so mm. then i was like because i mess around with sound stuff that's another one of my side hobbies that i used to do i used to have a studio way back and that you've heard me talk about on this podcast before i layered them on top of each other and time and, and, and luckily mm. i was able to time them they weren't and i'm going to talk about this in a second they were short enough that they all match time-wise that they all began right. and finished around the same time and when you watch the film you'll see that in the one minute you know middle ver- ver- version as i say Section, they all yeah. kind of come together just about right so fast forward on to me doing this intro which is longer actually the intro is longer than the one minute we did it's about a minute 15 yeah um but i i just had all this really great forest footage which went well to it i found a public domain song that i liked for it which i would encourage you if you know which was if you know your classical music then you're fine like then then public domain will work for you it won't work forever because obviously i've used two of my favorite pieces and won't be able to use them again you know the next short i do but you know generally there are stuff out there go to fma and you'll be all right or music org and you'll be all right um so doing this intro though and then i had the three takes again and the problem was i couldn't get these ones to match up time wise so his last take the one that you're going to hear the most is the longest and then the other two takes are shorter Mm. so if i match them all up they just didn't work like it wouldn't work Mm. so then i was like shit what do i do so the first idea i had was to do the same three-part layering but just let it be out of time and so originally the minute mm. 15 intro before you get into the walk proper was just this this kind of the same four shots with whispers. And it was like, you mm. know, they, I lowered the sound down enough that you heard the, the drumming of this song, um, Moonlight Sonata. Mm. Um, you hear Moonlight Sonata coming through and then you can kind of hear the forest whispering. And then this is where test audiences are very helpful. Um, tested it in front of my wife. And this is what happens in production decisions. So and I was talking about this in the Us podcast. So she looks at it and says, listen, uh, uh, I don't really understand what you're trying to do with it. I said, OK, here's the thing. Mm. It's scary. I don't really need them to completely hear this. If they really want to, if they want to go back and mm. watch it a second time and figure out everything he's saying, right. then they can. But it's really more just to scare the living crap out of them because it's something's whispering yeah. in the woods. And she's like, I get that, but you're showing me shots of a forest. It goes on for quite a while, and I can't focus on anything because you have three mm. different voices talking at the same time. And I was mad because it's my wife. <laughs> so I was like... <laughs> and it's that whole thing, damn it, i got to do it no, again. No, I didn't want to. So I was sitting there arguing about That's that, right? I'm, I'm like, no, I like it the way it is. This is how I intended to be. It's supposed to be confusing. It's supposed to be. And she's like, yeah, but don't you want your... Your, your your listener to go somewhere with this and i was like she's right mm. the whole reason she's in, in the way she put it she always has a way of talking to me she is my jenny so she does really always have a way of talking the way she told me about it she says listen the whole reason you put this stuff in right from what you told me was because you had criticisms as to the backstory that they couldn't understand why mm. lily was doing the things she was yeah, doing yeah, yeah. and this is all about solving mm. that problem and explaining the richer backstory she's like if i can't follow right. that story then why are you including it What's the point? And yeah, so yeah, from yeah. there, we came up with the final version, which incisive. It was awesome. It was awesome because it helped me create <laughs> yeah. the final version, which is Ed's kind of 
it is very Doug Bradley. That's another. It again, he takes this voice that that sounds like Pinhead from Hellraiser. It, just that that slight bit because of the wording choice that I use, and that is that. That makes me that feel is, so That is special. the loudest voice that you will hear, and then the other two kind of whisper in the background along with right. Moonlight Sonata. And I was happy with that. That was kind of how we came to a compromise. Mm. Mm. But before all that, there's the little um, the paragraph. Yes. Uh, that you added. Can you talk about that? I a almost bit? don't want to because it shows. It shows a bit of movie magic. I will. This is the Easter egg at the end before wedged between my final discussion on the final shot. So, (laughs) okay, well, we're getting getting there. there, Damn it. Um, Okay, so the quote is from Midsummer's Night's Dream. Uh, You know, the name Oberon came to me because it's the king of the fairies in Midsummer's Night's Dream. And 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 that was originally when discussing with my wife, we thought, okay, that's the that's the idea. That's the that's the the person who would be mad about the fairies dying would be king of the fairies. So maybe he's going to hatch a plot. But obviously, Midsummer's Night's Dream, he's not a bad guy in that. He's just king of the fairies. So. But I was like, but Becky said, I, or, or no, I, I don't think that was Becky. I think this is when you came in. Was it you or Becky that said a quote mm. should start this out? I would think okay, it's so Becky. Becky said, why don't you get a quote to kind of set the scene? And I was like, nah, quote? Mm. Like, no. Mm. She said, come on, just, you know, pick something out. Oberon is in Shakespeare. And I was like, okay, so I've got to make some of nice dream. And I go through it. And actually, the line that I've chosen is him chastising Puck for something really small. Like, it's just Puck right. being the general jerk that he is. And uh, it's meant to be. I mean, it's a comedy, <laughs> so it's meant to be funny in right. Midsummer's Night's Dream. Right. However, when I put it up on the screen and then had him do those lines, I was like, works perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's all about, no, but that's he's talking thing, about his forest right? like, and his ownership of the forest. Yeah. And so that's what I mean. Yeah. You can take a quote that has nothing Beautiful. to do with anything. Like this does not have to do yeah. with Oberon killing anyone in Midsummer's Night's Dream. And I'm waiting for the Facebook mm, comments about no. that being like, you have totally misused this quote. <laughs> no, you're right. But, but, but see, that's where like, I love the idea of like the grim fairy tales and how we've sanitized them and Disneyfied them. But actually, they're quite dark, and 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 like people get well, murdered and their feet yeah, get chopped this, this off. Is the, and, this is the, you know I mean, I mean? the biggest debate we've had about this is is my daughter and I. So my daughter is pissed, obviously, because she's like, "Dad, you've you've made fairies like mean. You've made them awful." <laughs> that's what they were. They and were like, you know, the spirits of the what forest. I, told her. I said, "We don't have any idea what fairies are like. This is all, yeah, you know. If yeah, I'm yeah. being as cynical as possible, and she does know that I'm not really that cynical, but you know, like if I'm being mm. as cynical as possible, Catherine, like these these fairies." You see now are designed to make you buy fairies. They're designed to be pretty right. and something you like, and yes. then they Tink know that about. girls like pretty and shiny things and glittery things. Yeah. And yeah. so that's it. It's like my story yeah. is saying, what if the real fairies were bastards? What if they? I mean, look at uh, look at you know, Puck is a fawn. Look at um, El Laberinto del Fauno or Pan's I, Labyrinth. You, 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 hold on, because I haven't done it. You just, just shut up for a minute, because hold on, we're gonna do it. Okay, so Guillermo. Sorry. I just wanted to shout out to you real quick. And, and Paul Wilde, I know you know the guy, so definitely give him this podcast. Guillermo, like, just have a look, man. And, like, we could do a feature on this. I'm saying. We could do <laughs> a feature on this, and your style of fairy would work perfectly for this. So, like, man, yes, you want to yes. collaborate. You want to get together. Let's make Dandelions the feature. Yeah, I, I, I know actually a guy who's a prop maker um, who who's worked with Guillermo and stuff, and he does some really cool, like, grim fairy tale grim fairy 
like props yeah man and, i mean it's it's, it's the vision it's the very vision, cool the vision, I, think, I think there's a lot yeah, there no, i mean and i was only joking about this like last night in my head when i was thinking about it that, like if i was to pick a director to do like a feature version of this guillermo all mm. the way and i am definitely yeah, yeah this, this sure. is the thing i wouldn't say i'm stealing from him maybe i am and guillermo hope you don't mind but oh, but yeah. But, I mean, I don't you know? watch a ton of Guillermo. I just, I really appreciate him as a director. Pan's Labyrinth was a great film, mm. but these aren't, his films aren't on my top tens. You know what I mean? Like, so that's why when I felt okay, that fair. I was like capping a little bit on this, I was like, okay, that's all right. Because I'm not a person that is literally just driving his content. You've seen Kronos, right? No, uh, his, no, no. His, his first, his no, first film. No, because he was. Oh, I heard dude. Good. That, I mean, it's, uh, it's very much like oh wow Guillermo del Toro as a young filmmaker just starting out making this like cool yeah I mean if, cool if I'm watch. being honest it's because I was kind of put out and, and Peter this is no slight on you whatsoever I just didn't actually like the film but Peter Jackson's big film that that everyone knows not bad taste bad the other taste. one the 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 frighteners no the frighteners or... is amazing so everything he does past yeah, it i can't remember it was like his first film and i was like this is yeah yeah oh silver silver no 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 i'd have to it might have been bad no. taste it might have been bad taste and i was like i've never seen yeah. this i better watch this i don't think yeah, it was yeah, though because yeah, bad yeah. taste is at least funny like this was this was right. just dire right. this was like it i i remember watching bad taste and thinking it was terrible so yeah it just yeah so i was worried anyway yeah, but but uh, last shot. We definitely need to this talk about it. the so last we've got, shot. We've got like, you know, minute 15 we're going to be going on here, so I'm going to finish up with this story. Anyways, the, the reason it was such a big deal is, first of all, because it, it does look immaculate. Like, I, I don't know. It's one of those things that this is where Alan, Alan Moore, when he did his speech to me, and not personally, this was in a, a seminar, but Alan Moore once talked about that he creates from magic. That's, that's, that's what he does. The magic is when he writes a story. I like, I like I, that I like description because it felt this this yeah. shot was completely magic. This had nothing to do with me. So we're walking along out of the forest. We finished shot. We told Catherine she was done. Becky's got Becky's in the front, and I I always lead up the you know I I do the rear. She does the the, the front bit. So we keep Catherine in the middle just to make sure she's safe walking through the forest. So we're going through, and we go through this area that I think it's called Milk Thistle, but it's these really tall, they're now really tall. In that time of spring, they were tall as well, but they have these these beautiful white tops that flower, and they usually grow in big packs together, and there literally was a field full of them with a trail right through the middle. And Catherine went, it wasn't the way we would normally go back, but she, she detoured onto mm. that. So all of a sudden, she's like struggling in front of me, and I just looked and was like, oh my god, this is gorgeous. So I flicked the camera on, and I started tracking her, <laughs> because I was like, why not? Yeah. Get done. Becky screams, what are you doing? I said, oh my god, have you seen this? It looks beautiful. Like, I'm just going to shoot it. I did two shots, if I remember correctly, quickly. But I didn't look mm. at him because we were going home. So I had all the equipment, pack up mm. all the equipment. I'm like, all right, I just wanted to try to get that real quick. Maybe it'll be good for some BTS stuff or something like that. So we get home. I download all the footage and I put it on there. And I can't seem to find that last bit until I look at the very bottom. It's a really long clip. And I'm like, I only filmed it for like 15 seconds, if I remember correctly. So right. I don't know why this is such right. a long clip. Well, I'd been playing around with slow-mo before because we were trying to, you'll see mm -hmm. there's, there's a bunch of attempts we had to do of trying to blow a dandelion, which let me tell you is a real pain in the ass to try to get on camera. Um, but we had to obviously do like slow motion for that so you could see the dandelion blowing out because it's pretty much a critical part of the film. 
and because we were doing that, I had the the Pixel Three, which was the camera I was using uh, on the on the the um, the, the the selfie stick, um, which is a, not on the, the gimbal. gimbal, the gimbal, the selfie stick, the the awesome. He he does it just the to wand of destruction. We call it. I mean, it was just awesome. <laughs> but on that thing, like it was there and it had been in slow mo mode. So we got her going oh. through this field. In slow-mo. Now, like I said, you'll see, if you go onto my Facebook page, I am definitely going to be running that trailer again, so you will see what the shot looks oh. like without it being edited. Where I'd say oh. maybe I contributed to the magic just maybe a little bit is what I did to that oh. thing in post. And once we darkened yes. it up and got it clusterphobic oh. as all head, put the vignette eye, not a vignette, vignette eye oh. on it, so you're literally just focused on her, and you bring out the purple, because my wife... God love my wife for costume design because I, I didn't even notice it when we went out that day. But she put this beautiful mm. purple ribbon in the kid's hair and that's all the camera mm. tracks as we're going through. And she nice. struggled through the milk thistle. So it's her pulling in slow motion through the last couple mm. ones. Oh, like mm. I'm getting goosebumps now. It was yeah. so good. <laughs> it is. It is. It is one of those that you're like, when you take something like that, you're like, I'm a genius. God damn it. I'm a genius. I am like, stand aside, Marty. Stand aside, Steve. Phil. All you bearded old dudes. I've it, it landed. Did, it, 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 like, we all it, it get that moment. It did feel that way. It did feel I, that I, way. I will say, I will say, and, and then, um, then, the, this then is, the credits are the extra, the extra sorry, bit to that, because then I got to put them with now. Again, showing you how to make a film on a budget. Well, that last shot makes the film look very French. <laughs> and mm. I found what I would consider to be the perfect credits for that, which just happened to be default <laughs> on Final Cut Pro. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I will say, so for the one minute, you had this kind of ending shot where you kind of tilted up to the sky. And I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fine. It, it, it works. But in terms of like a, like a, you know, I remember my, my friend Sonny who does the, the food mm. review show now, but when we used to make films together and stuff, he'd always say like, you got to end on a, like on a, on a punch, on a, on a full stop, on an exclamation mark. And I feel that that final shot uh, just really, really Definitely. Does so that. I mean, the, and, I, the- and, I, and, and it being, it being the final shot means that it's the last image that you're left no, definitely, with. Definitely, definitely. I, mean? I mean, and originally we had, um, originally that, that part, you, the whole reason we did the, the, the sky and spinning part, it was, it was emphasizing what you say, but in a bit of a laughy way. So like when we did the one mm. minute version again, guys, like at that point, we didn't even know this was going to be judged. We just thought we were making a film. Right. I wanted to shoot mm. something because I was getting bored as hell at my house. My daughter, certainly we could you know do something with her. So you know, mm. the amount of jokes my wife and I made about that shot, because I told her what, it, what I was going to do. And I even told you about that one because we had this testing session, Ed and I, and I said, oh, I could do this and do this with it. And he's like, yeah, it would be funny, mm. wouldn't it? Mm. And then I went to Becky and I said, oh, I'm going to be a bit <laughs> French with this. I'm going to show my French French film son. I'm going to pan to this tan to the canopy. And then, it, then we go, you know, you know, it's done. Yeah. You know, and, and then and that was the joke. And that's why we did that, because it was like, well, yeah, we can't because yeah, yeah. we couldn't make it look obviously with with the equipment we had. We still couldn't make it look amazing, amazing. So right. we were like, well, that's well, it, it, it's it's also like it comes down to a little bit of when you're you know, when you're writing the story, you you you, you have the story and you don't really think about, oh, what's the last image that we're going to see, you know? 
And oftentimes it's the kind of thing that you end up just improvising or being like, yeah, yes. I could so, try that or try that. And or, I had a lot of constraints with this story because A, I had made the decision because it was going to have my daughter in it that it wasn't going to be violent. Like, I just couldn't right. do that because, yeah. I, don't get me wrong, I don't think she would have any problems with violence, but A, one was timing. There was nowhere I was going to be able to get fake blood and all that stuff already together right. in the amount of time I had to shoot. Um, which is not to say because there were tons of other people for this festival that did a really good job with the gore. So, you know, that that may be a bit of a cop out on my part, but I just didn't. No, no, no. But see, I, I bet I would put money on the fact that those people are VFX maybe, people. Like uh, maybe. They're, I they're mean, we, we have a formula for, for fake blood. It just when I put the story mm. together, it wasn't that type of story. It wasn't a story of like the only scene that could have gotten violent was the story of the death of the father. And even then, I just thought it would take away from everything else that was happening in there if I made it really gory. And I didn't, you know, that, mm. that and again, that's a bit of a cop out. That was one of the reasons. The other reason was like, I don't have time to put together special effects to kill myself in such an elaborate fashion. You know what I mean? Right, so right, the right, idea right. was that I was just going to go off camera and we would use, which we have done, use some sound to kind of yeah. hint at something happening to him but it, it, again it wasn't crucial to the story the, the crucial point is lily mm. continuing to move forward the father could have just mm. gotten lost and gone home if that was really the situation it's right. lily being taken right, right, right. that is the problem so right so you had that and so with no gore in it it really was how do i deliver explosive emotionality and horror especially in short-term horror so Perfect contrast, and I guess we're going to take this one to an hour and a half because I do want to talk about this a bit, but perfect contrast is go back to I Need Some Ideas, Demon Ed, and look what we did with that. It was a one-minute comedy stint. The, the whole joke in that is that I'm trying to write a one-minute script. I'm horribly you know, bad at it, so I summon my demon friend, who's played by our my good buddy Ed, um, you know, in, in, a, in a satanic ritual, whatever it is, to try to get some more ideas. He gives me some shit ideas, so I piss him off and he slits my throat. The point that people gasp or the point that makes anyone do anything is the point where my throat is slit. You know what I mean? That the blood mm. coming out is like, Oh my God, he really got killed by this demon that he summoned, you know, to mm. do blah, blah, blah. That mm. was the joke. So it fit there. I couldn't get it to fit that way into dandelions. I just never, there was never a point where right. it's like, if this bleeds here, or this blood's here, this will mm. work. So there was never mm. any point where that became, you know, a violent film that way. So a lot of what I had to do to get effect was either through music or through something in post. And I think we've achieved that. Mm. You know what I mean? So we yeah. darkened. I think it's very, it's very atmospheric. Yes. I think that that's what I mean. Everything had to be generated via atmosphere rather than by visual, which is not necessarily how I would want to make every film. It's just in this case. No. And, 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 and actually it's, it's, it's quite hard because like you said, the forest is really, really beautiful. And if you look at the raw footage before anything's done to it, um, it just looks like a gorgeous green, lush That's right. forest. That's right. And, you know, the tweaks that you were able to do, I think, uh, you know, made it, it just, it just brought atmosphere yeah. to it. So that's, I, that's I would say, I mean, you know, if people it. are out there and see this film and then say, I want to see it with lots of buckets of gore, we could do that. Like, I could do a feature on this that was, and it would be gorier than just this bit. I don't think it would be a gore fest, if I'm honest with you, because again, it's forest horror. It's forest yeah. horror. So we're not talking about a need mm. to really just cut people up in about 20 different directions in the forest. We've mm. seen that before anyway. But that is mm. part of the things that some of the limitations you have to live with, with 
budget limitations and time limitations. This one, it was more time limitations. I'm pretty sure I could put together some fake blood, but then I would have had to draft how it's used in the story, and I did not have time. See, I, yeah, I, I would say, and this is just, uh, you know, me thinking, I have thought about this, actually, but um, I feel like if you were to expand it, I think that this would be, like, the opening of, of the film, and then the rest is someone investigating the disappearances and going into the forest and finding out about it and stuff like that. And I think that in my head, that kind of feature length film is not really a gore fest. I mean, there could be some gore in there, but it's again, atmosphere. Right. Right. And, I mean, I'm right you know, now, uh, a, I'm influenced by the forest. Cause, cause you know, COVID-19 guys, I spend at least an hour every day in there. And then, and I know that may seem mm. crazy to some people, but for me, it's bliss. Like I love that forest yeah. that it's, it's like a part of me now. Like, it's really nice, but I'll be honest, it's also a little bit scary, especially bloody at night. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, you know me, I don't. And then Jason is all like, oh, yeah, the druids are going to come and get yeah, so there you. Are, just to scare me yeah, some more. Yeah, around the corner, there are the, um, you know, some of the shots will be around areas that supposedly, at least, were near druid burial sites. That's that's no joke, man. That's That's around my house. But you see... I know, but you still do it just to yeah, scare me. Yeah, but, but it's part is, of the beauty of it. You, it's part of, like, the joy of mean. finding the house in this area. Like, wow, man, like, I live, I'll never move from here because the forest here is just gorgeous. You know what I mean? Like, perfect, perfect little spot. So, so yeah, so that's, that's the other stuff that's influenced me. Is, it's funny, I just had an, uh, uh, an Airy Aster, I always say, is, is it Airy Arister or Airy Aster? Oh, I think it's... I- I, I don't know. <laughs> That's Ari, the honest truth. Whoever you are, we, we love your films. I love your films. So I watched, I went back, I, you know, I'd gotten the director's cut of Midsummer, which I love that film. Mm. Some people hate that film. I love that film. I'm sorry. That's just I still totally to my style. It. Totally my very... At, Is it... Her- that one... Did he do Hereditary? And then I watched well? Hereditary last weekend, and right. I still and his films. That. His films are gory at times. Um, so not saying there's no gore mm. in his films, but they're, they're they're more atmospheric than anything else. And I just like that mm. style. So, and I guess it's a lot of the people making stuff for A24 because that's that's one of the studios that does a lot mm. of atmospheric. I mean, I was a fan of the Neon mm. Demon. Listen, guys, the, the plot in the Neon Demon and some of the acting is absolute pants. But Jesus, the <laughs> visuals in the Neon Demon are just gorgeous. Like it's so good looking. So, do you know what I mean? Like, that's all I'm saying, guys. It's like you have to pick kind of what your style is, and maybe that's the last thing I will finish on on, on what it means to be a first-time director. Is I loved it so much because I felt it gave me a definitive voice. Whereas as a producer, I am mm. guiding people into what I think the trend should be and the way something should look like because I want it to be successful. Mm. As a writer, I'm literally just giving you what's in my head, maybe tailoring mm. it a bit so it's understandable by someone else. But as a director, like mm. that's just full control. That's me saying, this is what I want you to see, and this is how, this is yeah. how I hope you feel when you see it. Directing is very good for control freaks. Control freaks, you know, my whole thing, you know, what makes Jason tick? I just want people to listen to me. That's why I talk so freaking much. You know what I mean? Like, for some reason, I have this urgent need for everyone to know what I think about, what I care about, to to empathize with my feelings. And um, that's Mm. all film is to me, is an empathy moment Mm. for people. And so when I make a film... Yeah, it's 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 a form of expression. I think I think some people are unable to express themselves, you know, in traditional ways. And I think art 
allows you I'll, to do I'll say that. this. Final shot before we close out on Dandelions. You know, I will say this about Dandelions and my thoughts. But if, if you may watch this film and not get it at all, okay? I could see that happening. I, I don't think it's the greatest way to watch the film. But, you know, I could see someone who doesn't have children, who doesn't really care anything about forest, doesn't really care anything about lore, looking at this and saying, like, I don't really get where you're going with it. I, I respect that. Not everybody has to like my films. But... From my perspective, guys, if if you got into the head of a parent living through COVID-19 right now and just felt that kind of dread, that kind of over darkening of everything that's going on right now, you'll get this film in a heartbeat, especially that last shot, because it's not so much. Again, when it comes to me thinking about the bad things that may happen to my children and what's going on in the world right now, it's not a matter of me thinking that they're going to go outside and get their throat slashed. I am more worried about the long-term effects of them being lost because I have a child right now who, you know, luckily she went back to school for a little while, but she's not playing with her mates every day. She's not getting to see anybody. Like, how many books do you read as a parent about how that can be completely detrimental to your child? So my wife and I, my wife's an educator. My wife and I have huge fears about that. We don't voice them. She's English, so she would never be outright with it. I'm telling you outright because I'm American and we're very direct sometimes with stuff. So I'm telling you, like, that is baked into this film all the way. And that is where if you get on that thread and understand the, the madness that it is trying to understand just how far this could go, then you will truly be sad like I was on that last shot with Lily going into the forest mm. because she could be lost forever. Mm. And that's it. Right. right. <laughs> that's Dandelion. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it has layers, which I enjoy. Obviously, you know, it's, it's my brother from another mother who's directing. Ring. So I'm going to love, I'm going to love it. But genuinely, genuinely, you, uh, impressed me. You impressed me with, and the film, uh, I think the film is uh, a, a great debut short. I hope so. I really, I really do, do hope that. so. Um, and uh, hopefully the first of May. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like, it's it's a great feeling to be able to say this with honesty because I'm I'm a bullshit artist, so I say a lot of things without honesty. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being actually, you know, if if I'm telling you truths on my podcast, but. You know, this guy's like, this is, like I said, this is just, it just felt good because it was my voice and a chance for me to say something. And if you watch this and you enjoyed it, that that is all I needed to do. You know what I mean? It, it really does make my day. So I hope this gets accepted at least by a few festivals. If not, we're going to put it up on the website anyway, so you all can listen to the podcast and then watch it up on LVP's website. But um, And yeah, if you have enjoyed listening to this podcast, you can subscribe and uh, be notified whenever we uh, upload one. That's right, that's right. Um, and, uh, you know, thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, so we'll, we'll close off on that. We're at the hour 30 mark, so say, thanks for staying a little bit longer. As I said, an interview about one of our projects was always going to be a bit longer. But thank you all for listening. You know, as I said, check us out on SoundCloud or one of the other podcasts, or check us out on social media, or best way, check us out on www.lawvictoria.com productions.com but thank you all for listening so much we will catch you next time when we discuss ex machina and um Yay. yeah i know great film and um yeah see you then thanks boy